Welcome to an episode of Venture Casually. Today, I am in charge because I live here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We live here. Um, So I will be hosting, but technically co-hosting. So this episode is focused on Anthony today because I figured not a lot of people know who he is. And you're like, I'm listening to this podcast and the guy who's hosting. What about him? We don't know anything about him. So first and firm. First and foremost, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Anthony Tai. I am the creator of the Venture Casually podcast. Other than that, I have no identity. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, tell people like, you know, uh, we live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. United States. Uh, any other demographics you want to expose to the world that they already don't know? Uh, I am 24 going on 25 years old. I am a Asian American, Chinese American, cis male. <laughs> if you want to go that far. <laughs> I mean, specifics, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um... What about, uh, I think everyone's interested in how we met. Yeah. Uh, you can start. <laughs> okay. So we knew each other, Wendy and I, back since we were studying at high school together. We went to a Philadelphia public high school and we didn't really know much about each other except, well, I kind of observed her from afar because I had no friends. So I was just kind of a, a creeper. But I didn't really think of her as like, uh, how do, how would I put it? A potential mate for <laughs> life. Um, so we were like kind of on and off acquaintances. Yep. I'll say so. Yeah. And then you knew me as. Uh, I knew you as. So we had uniforms in high school, and our first pe- period teacher would always call him out for wearing hoodies in class and he would play like the Russian doll game where he would wear a hoodie, the uniform shirt, and then a hoodie. So when the teacher told him to take off his hoodie, he would have another one underneath that she couldn't tell him to take off because then he would have to strip in front of everyone. So that's the person I know him as. I was actually quite the opposite in high school. I had a lot of friends, a lot of cliques, but I knew Anthony just because of that. (laughs) Yeah, so she knew me as Anthony, <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I didn't think he was like everyone would say he's probably the class clown, but he didn't like cause the trouble. It was just spend five minutes yelling at Anthony about uniforms and then we move on with our day. It's <laughs> kind of it. Yep. And then uh, up until my, was it our junior year of college? when I uh, went back and we started studying at the same university together. Um, We were already there before, but I transferred and then I went back to it. But me and my, uh, my best friend, we fucking started, we kept clowning on her. And that, at that point we started becoming friends with her. And um, she invited me over for dinner just as like a, a friendly gathering 
she gave me some leftovers from uh, some Korean restaurant that she went to. It was a thank you meal gesture for driving me because uh, I didn't have a car. So, yeah, carpooled a lot. Yeah. So I drove her back a couple times because uh, she was hanging out with the simp. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. It's okay. I don't care. <laughs> and I'm not wrong either, by the way. Going on with the story. <laughs> Going on with the story. She invited me over for dinner. We started having like a, a down to earth chat about, you know, just Everything. life thoughts. And we went kind of deep actually for the like a first genuine like face to face conversation. Yeah. Um, I think at the time I was looking for someone to understand me and i think for the most part we touched a couple things and you were like oh yeah i can relate so i think that's why it was very easy for me to open up to you Mm -hmm. so that like friendship bond happened on my end yeah and then it immediately went to hey i'm kind of into you you want to start seeing each other like serious serious we're like all right are you okay with this possibly not going anywhere yeah okay (laughs) that's kind of how it started Yep. And now we're like almost three years into the relationship. We moved on pretty fast, but that's that's a thing on my end. And I kind of forced them into it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I have my own like desires to push forward and stuff. <laughs> I'm like going and going and going. So a lot of things happened since we started dating and there's a lot of personal growth that happened and today we're focusing on you hi one of the biggest hurdles we've been experiencing was your current occupation so please tell everyone what do you do currently as your job and yeah (laughs) i mean in a in close friend groups, I would say I'm putting on the shackles. <laughs> Nine to five every day. Oh, Although boy. your work hours are very unique, but it's still eight hour day. Yeah. So, well, eight hour, nine hour day, whatever, whatever the fuck. So I work in IT support, basically do IT help desk. I work with like Linux and Windows servers for like many different customers and stuff and support them. A lot of this shit I'm just kind of saying and I don't really understand it anyway because I was not prepared for this job at all. Right. What is your, um, what did you graduate? I graduated with a bachelor's of science in finance. I have a moderate level of IT experience working at retail level commercial it mm-hmm. and like everyone else did you take the job because it was right it was open for you i took the job because i was tired of working in retail i always thought i'm better than the shit <laughs> then i had the opportunity where a friend of ours um, managed to introduce me and like get me a referral into this it company and i'm really good at fucking bsing so I kind of flew by the interview like, I'll just fudge it a little bit. I'll just say that I kind of know this stuff, but maybe I forgot. I think I'll learn on the job because I didn't think it would be that hard anyway. Right. Boy, was I fucking wrong. I was so wrong. And I hate, 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 hate my job. 
So how, so now we can ask, like, how did this podcast come in? Because you're technically still working and you're doing the podcast as a hobby or something more? Um, well, right now it's a hobby. Um, I'm kind of just feeling it out and seeing how it goes. But I've never been the one who wanted to be like this nine to five guy. I I always hated the idea of spending the rest of my years working in an office up until I'm like ready to retire. I never wanted that American dream of the white picket fence and, Mm -hmm. you know, married by 35 with kids and a dog or whatever. We're kind of halfway there anyway, but (laughs) I I have no regrets on any of that. Um, But working the, the office job was just not me. Like the occupation thing was just a deal breaker for all of that. And lo and behold, I ended up there. I never wanted to do college, flew through it. Never wanted to work retail, went through it. Never wanted to <laughs> settle down at an IT job and settle down at an office job. Here I am. And it's soul crushing. Um, I've always wanted to try things like entrepreneurial style. So I've always wanted to be my own boss or make something creative, make a living doing what I love. Like all the Shabazz that you hear on like any YouTube channel, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) TED Talks. (laughs) Yeah. Like all of that stuff. Like, you know, you can achieve whatever you apply your mind to. Anything is possible. And I don't know. I, I mean, I've made attempts at it. I don't think they're super, I don't think they were super successful. Um, I've tried doing YouTube for a while. I'd even dropped out of college for a little bit, did it with my roommate. And unfortunately we didn't get anywhere with it because we also had no idea what we were doing. And then the pressure of not being in school and not telling our parents that was stressful. Yeah. And then we couldn't really come to terms with like what we wanted to create. We just wanted to quote unquote, create something. And then we were too focused on like the business aspect of stuff. Like, oh, how can we monetize? What kind of brand deals can we get in the future? We weren't even focusing on like the type of content we were producing. We were just making bullshit that we saw <laughs> on YouTube and just almost copying it. Um, like back then it was a really stressful time. But no, I, I've watched some of those videos recently and I think they're, uh, I think while we were doing it, it, it kind of reminded me of the fun that it was so maybe i'll maybe i'll hit up that friend again at least you enjoyed it you can go back to be like yeah it was at least worth it for that bit of time Mm -hmm. and then my next pursuit it pretty much immediately after um youtube failed because i had already purchased you know a pretty expensive camera gear and i didn't really want to go to waste with it Mm. i didn't really want to like sell it for a loss so Mm -hmm. I wanted to try my hand at photography. Mm -hmm. Got really into it. Started researching like a bunch of the technical stuff. I learned all of it. Like, you know, aperture, ISO, shutter speed, camera lenses, focal lengths. Like I can go on and on about that stuff. And I really like techie stuff. Mm -hmm. I like playing with new toys. So that that part wasn't hard. The hard part for me was like having a creative mindset where I was like, you know, what can I put in front of the camera lens and take a snapshot and generate something that would be like amazing or marketable. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
And at that point in my life, I just wanted to create, but I don't think I had the the vision. I don't think I had that artistic vision in my head for it. And that that kind of sucks too, because I put in a couple years, I put in a good amount of money. I put in like a lot of time and effort and I don't know, I wouldn't like to say that it went to waste, but I certainly didn't do much with it. Would you say a lack of confidence and self-motivation also had a part in that? Absolutely. Um, Cause you, we had a couple times where it's like, oh, it's really nice out. We should go out. You have all this camera gear. We should, you know, I'll, I'll pose uncomfortably, but I'll do it just because I know you enjoy it and I have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. I need hobbies myself. So. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I'm like, I'm awkward as shit too. Cause I don't really know how to tell you to pose. I don't really know how to quote unquote make you look good. Like I love you as you are. And I, I, I love you, but I love the, um, I don't know. I, I just like the human figure. I wanted to do like model portraits. That's just stuff. harder because when like in my mind, unrealistically, mm-hmm. when someone is holding a camera, you expect them to know everything. And in reality, a lot of us don't know what we're doing at all. <laughs> we just go with it. Hey, honestly, in my mind, I think the person behind the camera should kind of know what they want out of it, but right. I have no idea. There was one time that I actually like, um, I used this kind of like Tinder for like photographers and models where you can kind of just meet up with people online and just be like, okay, let's schedule, schedule a photo shoot. Like I'll send you some edits or you can credit me in the photos. And then it's just kind of like a helpful thing. Like it can be a paid service. It can be free, but I found one person who was willing to do it with me and I completely beefed it. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing. It was like almost the middle of winter. It was out in the dark. I was in a part of town that I'm not used to going to. And I kind of ended up being late too, because I was like trying to grab all the gear that I could because I was heading straight out after work. So it started out in like a super hustle anxiety panic. And when I got there, I had no idea what I wanted to do. We were just kind of strolling around. I got a couple pictures and then she was just like, oh, so uh, are you doing this as a hobby? I'm like, oh, I want to make it a business. And she just said, oh, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. It's one of those things where you need more exposure and experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, that's like, that applies to everywhere, really. Um, like that was your hobby that's your passion mm-hmm. but in reality everything you need to become successful or like at least make it a, like a habit of yours it's a lot of exposure a lot of practice a lot of patience mm-hmm. something that we all lack especially me but now you know you kind of moved on from photography not completely it's just not number one anymore in terms of your career and now we're jumped onto venture casually and during COVID times I become a little artistic (laughs) so venture casually can you tell us more about how you came up with the name so venture casually was kind of gonna be a pun or like a spin-off of um uh venture capital because it started out as venture casual and uh, I 
didn't kind of, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really like the feel of it. And I kind of just went with venture casually. I went through like hundreds of different names before I could settle on one. Like it was a fucking tedious process. And I think this one kind of speaks out because it's like, we're all stuck in this, you know, at home environment. And there's not really much that we can do to venture out, right. you know, other than like risk getting COVID or if you just straight up don't believe in it. But like the, the purpose behind this podcast is to give people like me who don't want to venture too far out of their comfort zone, but still be able to receive the experience of other people who have like not even in the physical sense, even like just in like mental or progressive sense. Cause you know, when I had like my buddy on drew, who's becoming pretty decent with his like Twitch streaming. We love you, Drew. We love you, Drew. <laughs> That's, you know, the drew bear at twitch.tv. Just shout out again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for people like him, he just kind of, had this whole plan laid out. He went through military. He went through police academy. He's, you know, a, a pol- police officer. And he makes decent money. He does a good job. But his passion is, like, entertaining. He wants to do something that's literally kind of new in this era. Twitch was Twitch itself isn't that old. And streaming itself, <laughs> I don't know at what point it became, like, livable you know what i mean you're telling me <clears throat> you don't want gamer girl merch i want gamer girl pee sprinkled all over me <laughs> i mean yeah it's technically a new job you know it's one of those things where you go to college and you create your major this is one of those it falls in that aspect where you just create something something new and everyone else kind of follows and not everyone makes it but he's making it, hopefully. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. And like, if you think about it, everyone our age, we grew up like in kindergarten, they'll be like, oh, Anthony, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you just like kind of list off the jobs that you know. Like Sharif, I'm a doctor. And then like if anyone <laughs> puts like, oh, yeah, I want to play video games for a living. They'll be like, ha, ha, ha. but seriously right now it's serious like you can fucking do that right like there's no better time and he's doing it straight from home so i think that you know if that opportunity is out there i think there's so many other opportunities that we're not kind of looking into and for me it's just i have the blinders on for a lot of people it's just we have the blinders like we kind of don't see the options because we never thought of them we never thought that they existed but like when we talk to people or like see other options and stuff of, you know, career paths and venture casually itself isn't even just about careers as of right now that that's my, um, that's my gripe. My gripe is with my, my occupation, but I think there needs to be more understanding like across like multiple different um multiple different categories not categories groups ideas mm-hmm. philosophies people need to come to an understanding between each other so eventually i want this to evolve into a space where 
people can just have a conversation. People who are on different sides of any particular topic and just be, hey, I hear what you're saying. This is what I think. Thank you for your input. Now I'm taking something away from this and you're taking something away from this. And it's not just a debate. It's not just an argument. It's not just trying to see who wins. It's just learning something for the sake of learning and growing and evolving as a human being. I think that's a good uh, end goal. Would I say end goal? No, I think it's a good advice for people because I, for one, is like type A personality. So it's like also very delusional, I would say. I grew up with like the Disney movies, expecting a prince to save me. And What's up? I'm your prince, foe. <laughs> after many ex-boyfriends, it's not true anymore. And it's like I gave up, you know, because it's like, oh, this is the end kind of deal. There's not... I grew up with a life that's like trying too much and wasting your time is not worth it. it it's it's difficult. It's complicated. But everybody lives through a complicated life and family is usually a big part of it. So how much can you tell us about like your family, like how you grew up, like standard strictness? Um. So I grew up with... I would kind of say a traditional Chinese family, like traditional mindset where my mom is kind of like, you know, get A's, become a doctor, have kids, you know, take in, you know, have have your grandchildren take care of grandma when they grow up, that kind of bullshit. And like, I get it. It's all well and good. I want that for them because I still care about my parents and I want the best for them. The my uh my dad on the other hand was kind of like you kind of just got to do what you want because your life is only so long so i'm really i'm really conflicted and in this era where we didn't really grow up knowing that there are these options with like the revolution of technology and the internet and all that stuff these options didn't really exist for us as kids Mm -hmm. so we didn't have dreams of doing that like they were they were false they were fake they were fantasies now they're real mm-hmm. now they now you can become a full-time video gamer you mm-hmm. can become a full-time like youtuber like you know entertainer actor but you don't have to be in movies like you can just create that shit right you can do it from like your own bed you can do it from like outside your own house and I think when we talked to Drew last time, he put it in a very good way that our parents kind of set us up in this way where we just have to like work this nine to five because that's all they knew. And that's kind of all we knew for pretty much half our lives. And then this new age of technology and this like these cell phones, internet, all this stuff, kids these days that are what? 12 years old, do a stupid dance. And now they're on like fucking Fortnite or whatever making millions of dollars world fame all this nonsense yeah but reality sets in and because of the power of technology social media internet that fame is very short-lived sure i mean yeah they're making money but at the same time is money really all of that money has its own like i'm learning this now before i had a huge monetary value on things like I weighed myself in monetary value because I'm kind of like, what kind of 
what kind of effort can I produce? What kind of profit can I generate through my own like blood, sweat and tears? And I kind of applied that in my, in my work ethic. I applied that in my family life, like how much monetary dollar worth is my life as, as I am as a human being. And it's kind of messed up too, but I don't know if that's just like traditional mindset because my mom's a, a fucking go-getter. She loves working. She's a workaholic. She sits there like if she has vacation days that she has to use just so she doesn't lose them. She sits around complaining, man, I wish I was at work. This is fucking boring. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know how you do that. But here I am stressing about work even when I'm not working. She's a different machine, <laughs> I would say. So... Would you say your family has a part where it plays a part where like money was the biggest thing? Um, well, we didn't exactly grow up rich. We didn't grow up super poor. I mean, we grew up in a pretty or I grew up in a pretty like poor neighborhood of the city. And, you know, we lived among crime and shit like that. Was this in Philly? Because I know... Anthony is actually not from here. Yes, but I mean, I was, I was born in Iowa and I moved to Philly when I was two years old. So as essentially, I grew up in Philly. Mm. I grew up in North Philly. And to anybody who lives in Philadelphia or around the area, that place is a fucking shithole. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just kind of like the the standard of living there. It's pricey anywhere in philly but i don't know man crime crime is high there like living situations are not great there's a lot of drug problems too but yeah that's the neighborhood i grew in and grew up in and it's not as bad back then as it is today so i'm glad i got out but uh, like growing up in that situation looking back on it in hindsight we weren't well off my my dad got me like whatever I wanted, but I'm sure he had financial struggles that he didn't tell me about and that I didn't even understand. So he had to be learn he had to learn to be smart with his money and he had to learn how to like give us just enough to be satisfied. Cuz I mean I could I could say I was a spoiled kid, but I'm appreciative of it, of it now as an adult. So you're saying you're appreciative. Is there any like prominent childhood memories that like stick with you? Because, you know, in the end, money is, I say this all the time, money is money. In the end, you buy something with it and that item either becomes like it serves its purpose or renders useless over time. So, but memories, on the other hand, they stay with you, they shape you, they grow with you. So my mom buys stuff. <laughs> just to have stuff that's different she's like a fucking hoarder <laughs> my dad on the other hand was very good about that he loved saying like even to this day he says money is used not just to buy items but the experiences that will be created from that item so like he spent money on us to have family vacations so that we can like go to like Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, China, Korea, all these places. And it was just so that we can get this world experience 
so that we can go as a family, get like this bond. And you know, even the items, like the the physical items that he bought us, I created memories with him because back in the day he bought my sister a, a Super Nintendo. And I remember a lot of good childhood memories where he would just come home from work and we would just like play Donkey Kong together. That's adorable. Yeah, it's so much fun. That's super adorable. And he's doing it with um my nephew Logan now too. Uh, and he still upholds that for the next generation. And I, I really love that. Like, I'm really appreciative of how he handles it. That he really just wants to say, you know what? All your money is useless for you if you don't like use it to create experiences. Because he has a lot of friends who are like that. They'll either save up money and, and just hand it off to their kids. And they just kind of do whatever they want with it. The only interaction that they have between their parents and them is they just see their parents as like some cash cow. Hey, I need an allowance. I need to go off and do my own thing. Like, okay, bye dad. And that kind of sucks. And my dad always says, yeah. And if you like saving up money for when you're old and you can't move and do shit no more and you just spent like all of your youthful years working, then when you die, where's that money going? It's not following you. You're not taking it down with you, as he always says. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a good thought to think about because a lot of us think of I linger in the past, and then a lot of us linger in the future. Like I want to become this famous or this successful or like this part of adulthood in my life, and we all forget the in- inevitable death. And at that point. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't mean anything after that because you don't know what happens. And that's a topic for another day. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But that's a lot of like what powers my conflict to like internal conflict because I do want to make my mark on the world. I don't want to kind of, you know, li- like have a long fuse that kind of fizzles out. Mm-hmm. I want to go out with a bang in a way. Like if I have to live it short, I hope that I live it well. Um, and there were times where, fuck, I wish I could live it short because there's just so many fucking trials and tribulations that I just don't want to deal with. Like all of us, most of us don't want to deal with confrontation. Some of us do. Kudos to those who can handle confrontation. I cannot. I get so much anxiety. But, uh, you're, you're kind of like that for me. (laughs) We kind of balance each other out. I'm a lot of, a lot of things, uh, you do very well that I am not capable of doing. I mean, when someone's indecisive, I'm zero to a hundred. So as I say, all right, well, fuck it. I guess we're just going with it. Yeah. You say that. And then I'm like, but wait, 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 does this work with the plan though? And then I'm like, what the fuck do you want then? (laughs) And I'm just as indecisive. It doesn't help. Like I, my family is very difficult to handle. Now that like I'm older, now that we're older, we understand a lot of things. Thanks to college for me, I took a lot of psychology classes because I love it, but I couldn't see myself having money to get a master's in it. I would go that far for psychology. Just I couldn't imagine stopping at bachelor's and then being jobless until I get my master's. You know, worst, worst case scenario, right? So 
know a lot about psychology and knowing a lot of things that are like, wow, my parents put me through this. I can't believe it. Now what? Now you grow up. But luckily for you, your parents are like toxic or super negative in a way that it makes you a different person. You know what I mean? No, my parents generally leave me alone. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how I've gotten enough freedom. Like they kind of left me in this gray area where they leave me to my own devices and they don't really like know too much about my like internal workings that much, but we're close enough that I can still have a good time with them whenever I see them for the most part. I think aside from Chinese families, many traditional families don't go into deep feelings. Like we don't talk about depression. We don't talk about anxiety. We don't talk like those are for them. It's like, it's a problem. We don't talk about problems. We move on and you have to make things work eventually one way or another. Um, so do you think there are some things that you still like in terms of morals and maybe ethics and habits, do you share with your parents and things that you don't share with your parents? Like actually like tell them or share as just in- morals. Like, um, you know, I, I think till this day, it's still very difficult to confront a parent about things that bother you. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy conversation, but instead of talking about it, what are some things you carry? Like, do you actually, you know, for me, I didn't talk about my problems with him until he finally broke me. <laughs> broke a real good. <laughs> like, for instance, you, you're kind of like your dad with, in terms of money. What are some things that you share with your mom? Um, well, my mom's a fucking, she, she's funny as shit. So, <laughs> love her to death. And I think I got that, like, side of comedy from her where she can just kind of take any fucked up situation and just kind of like flip it into where you can kind of laugh it off oh she's so funny yeah so i think i got that side from her um she does have a pretty strong work ethic and she likes keeping things kind of neat and organized where for me my standard is nowhere near hers but i think at least she instilled that within me where i don't sit around and make a mess all fucking day like i don't know some some dudes a lot of dudes i guess uh you probably know a couple within your uh your your history of people you say that but i've also seen girls where their rooms look like trash so yeah, i'm not those either so it, it it's not a uh, gender specific for that one how about your older sister my older sister and i are very close and we share a lot in common um she's been through a fuck ton more than I have definitely through upbringing because there's just a double standard for between guys and girls within our family and our culture. So my parents were super overprotective and like they didn't respect her decisions. They kept dismissing her, her shit and she's smart. She's been, she went living off in China all on her own. She came back. She's fine. She has kids now. She has a family. She, you know, she bought her own house. She's making a real estate business, doing all this stuff. And I think up until recently, none of her decisions were really respected by my parents because it's like, you're the girl, you're the baby, you know, we got to like protect you. We got to watch out for you because 
the world's a dangerous place for women. And unfortunately, that is a fact. But she's not she's not the one who gets herself in gets herself into that situation often. And while we were growing up, my parents didn't understand that. She wasn't the one who was like out partying all the time. She was at home studying for school. That's why she was up late all the time. So she was always a, a fucking hustler. And her ability just to push through all that stuff and just kind of like keep it within her and still like power through the day. I think I took that from her. And a lot of the stuff where she like it cracked her. I was there for her. And now in turn, I'm having my own moral dilemma. She's here for me. So we just have that sibling bond. And uh, I appreciate that a lot. I'm really, really happy to have that. I'm glad you have a good bond. I know not everyone who have siblings have a good bond. And it's like, I think it's something worth seeking out for. Um, I'm very close with my younger sisters. And because our family don't talk about things. But when I understood about psychology, that's all I wanted to talk about to make sure when they grow up, you know, I'm playing mama bird. I'm making sure when they grow up, they they face their fears and just take one step ahead. You know, just understand it. Go through some therapy. You know, try to stay grounded and not get freaked out by the world. Unlike me. You know, I should be listening (laughs) to my own advice sometimes, but... It is scary. It's very scary. Life is very scary. Yes, it is. And a lot of the demons that we see are the ones that we create ourselves, are the ones that were present before we were even born. Yep. So (laughs) for everyone out there, we actually, Anthony and I talk a lot throughout the nights. Um, When we actually, before dating, we talked in the car. Car talks. Car talks. Hours and hours on end. And it was great. It was a lot of philosophy, a lot of like, hey, I felt depression. What about you? What are your thoughts on that? Anxiety is a thing. Yep. Even though our priorities aren't the same, the feelings are the same. So it's kind of a message to everyone. It's like we are all different, but we all still feel the same feelings for the most part. And we go through a lot of hardships. Like Anthony said before, like this podcast is to, you know, kind of, guide everyone without forcing you into the experience of it and then personal experiences of how we got out of it doesn't work for everyone and sometimes you have to find things that work your way in order to get through it like you know any regrets you had in your life for instance do you have any oh yeah for sure like i think about well small little regrets I don't know if there was like a psychological term for it, but you ever get that feeling of, man, there's that one thing that I said that one time back in high school, all those years ago, and I really embarrassed myself. I'm still thinking about it. And I'm like 25 years old. That stuff plays in my head all the time. Yeah, that shit's on replay. (laughs) On replay all the time. And it happens randomly. Like I'll be washing my hands and I'll be like, man, I'm a piece of shit from back then. Why am I still here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then like, I don't know how to really move on. But for me, it's like, you know what? Since I linger in the past so much, I have to remind myself it's it's done. It's over. Can't do anything about it. So what I can do now is do better. Mm -hmm. So how about any decisions you 
regret not taking? Um, if you can think of any. I don't know. I really like trying new things a lot. I like, I kind of just like seeing what, what is out there. What can I do that might be different? What can I do to set myself apart? Um, I guess the biggest thing that I would say I regret the most was, or like regret not doing is not starting sooner, not looking into more entrepreneurial stuff sooner. Cause I knew from when I got into high school that I didn't want to go to college. I just didn't know what else was out there. Right. So I just kind of, you know, followed along with a herd. I'm just a sheep and graduated with a fucking degree that I don't give two shits about that I'm also not using. Paid it off. And now I'm working in a job that literally makes me want to kill myself. Like actually makes me want to like, you know, cut my eyeballs out and shove them down my throat. So on that topic (laughs) we've had many talks about this but for everyone else to know how come you're not jumping ship quite yet so i don't know what it is specifically i think i just have this maybe maybe it's just like masculine mindset like what whatever was deemed masculine back in the day where you know a man's the breadwinner we take care of shit. We handle all the responsibilities. We do stuff around the house. And, you know, the the woman sits back at home and takes care of the babies and, you know, that kind of bullshit. That was the stuff that I grew up with. Toxic masculinity. And any problems that I had, I just kind of either shoved it down or if I couldn't get past it, I would literally just force myself through the wall. It's like if I'm in the gym lifting weights, I'll say either I pick this shit up or I break my back doing it because I'm not going home a little bitch. (laughs) And I just that's how I get through problems. I literally dig myself a deeper hole and like in my mental state just to get through the day, get through the moment. And um, that's kind of how I power through work. I just say, well, it's just another week. Saturday is Monday part one. Fuck it. I guess I'm just doing this. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it until I find something better. And then if I don't find anything better, I guess I'm fucking stuck here because I put myself here. It's rough, buddy. Yep. For everyone out there, I do not recommend doing that, but... You know, with the pandemic in the way, it is hard to jump ship without a plan. And a lot of outside factors are not in our favor to try to take a break. I recommend everyone to take a break. (laughs) This man works really hard. And I always tell him, hey, you need to, have you gone to the bathroom yet? And he's like, that's a thing, you know, I forgot. So don't forget to take a break. Give some self-loving. It is a process. It's not, you'll forget to learn to love yourself during hard times and good times. Yeah, I didn't get through hard times by loving myself. I got through hard times by kicking myself in the ass and forcing myself through it. So that's, I mean, that's my coping. It made you stronger, but at the same time, it's like 
you are burning yourself out too. And now that burnout is a condition for work, which is beneficial for us because it, it's real. It's very real and it can create a lot of health conditions. So it's like, please take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, who will? It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And then like, even with the topic of the pandemic, I compare myself to a lot of like other I don't want to like I have no other better way of putting it but less fortunate situations where people want to work people want to be out there and make money people want right. to do what I do people want to be able to work from home and make decent income people want to support their families and here I am bitching and whining about yeah I, I, I hate my job it's too hard I don't like looking at computer things I sit in my my comfy bed for too long with my work laptop on my knees and top of my blanket. Oh, I'm so sad. And I just kind of like minimize these thoughts and I'll like project them or like I'll see them from like an outside point of view where it's like, shut the fuck up. You have it so good. You're making decent money. You don't have to go out and, you know, expose yourself to COVID. You don't have to go out and brave the cold winter whatever the fuck it is, you sit at home, you type some shit on the computer and then you deal with it. And I don't know, that's kind of where I feel like I don't have room to complain because if, you know, as the saying goes, if you have time to complain, you have time to work. Yeah, but that's something a boss says to a worker and that gap it's always like you know it's like micromanaging it's not always a good thing and from my perspective you know it's really up to everyone else how you interpret this but it's not good to talk down to yourself i know how it feels and you don't get anywhere with that you you know you just kind of stay in place while the world moves on so for me it's always like in the end you should find a way to be happier and talking down to yourself and being comparing yourself to others is it's just not right. Like we grew up, I grew up being compared to a bunch of other people all the time. Never good enough, not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not, art beautiful. <laughs> not artistic enough. You are a piece of art. Not smart enough. And you it's like smart art. Thanks. You too. <laughs> Gay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, in the end, it's not worth comparing yourself to others because everyone lives a different life and everyone takes it in differently. And yes, overall, your life is great, but you're still unhappy at the end of the day. And I don't want that for you. And I don't want that for anyone out there. Like, it's tough. Like, the situation with the pandemic is really tough. But in the end, I still want you to be happy happiness is hard to achieve at least get to a point where you're like you're content with life and you're not thinking of you know the, the crimes that's been happening around the city if you're gonna catch covid it's like be present you know do meditation that's a really that's one thing everyone should try to do and keep up i i have a hard time doing it sitting uh, sitting there with, with my thoughts in my head but sometimes i have to like sit there and do that just to make sure I'm grounded again. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know if I, have, if I have the capacity for all that. 
it's mindfulness and when you reach mindfulness you learn i feel like you learn how to be more kind to yourself and recognize you're a human being and not a machine that's supposed to work nine to five no complaints no breaks no lunch kind of craziness yeah mindfulness is one of the uh the key lessons that i'm going through therapy for at the moment so i think that's something that i'm trying to get accustomed to here's a big question um do you think it's realistic to know what you want to do at a young age for instance high school oh fuck no absolutely not (laughs) i also don't agree (laughs) no 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 like i said before you just don't know what options are out there and you don't know the amount of difficulty and work that you have to put through some people have it easy some people you know get a million dollar loan from their dad and (laughs) build some sort of like casino empire and then become the president of the United States of America. And then some people have to work from the ground up. So it's, it's a different track for everyone. Yeah. And what you might want to do is not necessarily what you're good at and what you're good at is not necessarily what you want to do. So it's just finding the balance of what do I want to do or what do I kind of want to do and what am I kind of good at? Because you can kind of improve on both. Because if you can see success on both ends of the spectrum, that's where you you find your path. Because for me, I wanted to do photography. I wasn't good at it. Put years, put money, got nothing out of it. And I felt super dejected and back when i was working in retail i was really fucking good at sales i was top salesman for like three months in a row or like you know quarters in a row and i fucking hated it i was good at it it made me money but it was still just a job that i don't give a fuck about and right now i'm doing the podcast because i've wanted to do something creative i wanted to do something out of the box entrepreneurial my own business be my own boss and i like talking a lot so here we are hi (laughs) i also agree like when you're today's age this generation it's not the same as it was you know i'm not good with history we'll call it 100 years ago where by the time you're 18 you're pretty much an adult but also at that time your life expectancy was way lower true we're we're living longer now and it's we can do so much more with our time technology is evolving a lot of things around us good and bad and you know i try to find (laughs) i googled some things like you know should i follow my passion and one thing stuck out to me it's like don't follow your passions because imagine doing that for the rest of your life and then your passion becomes a job you know that kind of ruins it for yourself the the link the re, uh the author says follow your strengths but at the same time you know you may not want to always do that but you know we all have a lot of strengths we also have a lot of flaws but doesn't mean we can't work on it so for me i'm trying to save up money to one get out of here just to have a stable home that's a little safer and then get back to school for something I think I'm good at. Who knows? But that's the point. Like, you know, you got to try. 
step out of your comfort zone <laughs> a little bit, but you know, try. We live a little longer now, so we can do what we want. And 24 is not too old anymore. We're still babies. Yeah. And then, you know what? It doesn't even matter how old you are because sometimes, you know, you got to take that depression. Be like, I'm going to do what I want to make myself happy despite how old you are. You know, it's kind of like when the older men and women try to find young love. It's a little weird because it's unconventional, but it makes them happy. So you really, you know, I would rather have them be happy and find love than tell them that they old by themselves. Yeah. Experience everything you can. Yeah, for sure. I think that applies for anybody. It applies for you. It applies for me. Yeah. Uh, that we should definitely do what we can because our time on earth is limited and being just another fucking cog in the machine was just not for me. It's not for me. I don't want to spend my days a part of this machine and rust because the machine will fucking go on. They'll just find another cog to replace me. So I might as well just do whatever the fuck I want. And you guys can help that by supporting this podcast. Yeah, maybe I'll make a Patreon or something. <laughs> maybe. And there are a lot of, you know, things that make you happy. Sometimes it doesn't take a lot, such as buying these Cartoon Network shirts. Hey. Not sponsored, but. I wish. These are Christmas presents for ourselves this year. This is my favorite, my favorite cartoon character from Adventure Time. Bimo, you have my heart. And Marceline is my near dear favorite. I'm not saying Bimo isn't better, but I still like Marceline because she. I love her guitar. She's a very good singer too. I love Olivia Olson. So any last words for the viewers? Um, not really. Um, I would say if anything, just go out there, kind of reevaluate, like kind of rethink your purpose in life. See if what you're doing really makes you happy. And if not, then you can always, like, the the world is literally at your fingertips, you know, just www.google.com. <laughs> and you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. People are making living just really doing whatever they want. And there's ways to fund it. There's GoFundMe and then, you know, crowd crowdfunding. So monetary issue is just put that on the back burner. Put your happiness first. Because... You don't know if you're going to die today. You don't know if you're going to die 80 years from today. Make it count. Thanks for tuning, tuning in, everyone. Thank you. We'll catch you guys next time on the Venture Casually podcast. Till then, everyone, please venture casually. Thank you for tuning in to the Venture Casually podcast. You can find us on social media at Venture Casually. Please subscribe and we'll catch you on the next episode.